This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. I love the hey. topic that you have queued up for us today. Yeah. You want to talk yeah. about purpose is a process? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So a few more words to help us understand exactly what you meant by that, and then we'll dissect it and head in the wrong direction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just heard that. See, I'm concentrating. I'm so single focused, right? And I just said, "What was that he just said?" What? What's <laughs> We're not he doing going now? in the wrong direction. We never do that. No. But uh, it it came it came to me because people are looking for their purpose in life, and uh, it could be because I've just run into a lot of people recently that are suffering a lot of loss you know, including myself in terms of people leaving this life. And so looking for purpose really gets, you know, more important, probably as you get older, but certainly during your whole lifetime. And what I thought was purpose is a process. Okay. It's, it's not, you may come here to be, right? I, I, just repeat what we said before, what I said before, you come here to be, I believe that, mm-hmm. but you don't come ready-made. I think you come with all the ingredients in the box, but you have to perfect the gift that is within. And in terms of the search, which seems to be very important, I personally think we make it hard. Just be comfortable with what you do naturally well. You know, why would spirit or, you know, however you uh, interpret God send you and make it difficult, you know, for you to be what you came to be? Mm. Um, and the example that I gave was that I can play music, keyboard, music by ear. I discovered that when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. but I also discovered that I'm dyslexic. So reading music is not possible. For me, so I would have to um, perfect the gift of my ear by a lot of practice and all of that resources, which I was not willing to do. So apparently, that is and, not my purpose. Well, and you found some other stuff to do in the meantime that seems to be relatively fulfilling. Yes. Um, okay. Yes, and and I sometimes wonder if more so, but certainly I'm good. <laughs> 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 I'm good with where I am. There's a lot of people say, well, what's my purpose in life? I have to find my purpose in life. You know, why did God put me on earth? And it's like God put God put us on earth to be here. 
You know, the reason that you are here is that God had needed an instrument here. And our job is not to read the tea leaves and figure out what God wanted. It's to look within and find what it is that makes our hearts sing, that makes us come alive and do that. You know, and in some cases, we need to find a way to support our lifestyle while we do it. Uh, sometimes there's a balancing act because what I want to do is be a philanthropist. And in order to be a philanthropist, I need to get some money somehow to give away. Mm-hmm. And um, starving people make lousy philanthropists. Um, and it's just, you know, that's part of the job description. So there are ways to figure out how to make that work. Now, in some cases, it's about going out and starting a company and making a lot of money and then retiring and then being a philanthropist. Or I have worked with a lot of people who go into the business of working for philanthropists and their job is to give away somebody else's money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're still on the, 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 the front edge of the philanthropy. It's just they're using somebody else's money for it. And, oh, by the way, the philanthropists, the people who actually made a lot of money to give away, they, they really need staff. They need people to handle the details because they've got this broad brush thing because they got a big pot of money and they don't want to do the work. Yeah. You know, they want to support the things that are important to them, but they don't want to go through, they don't want to go through 150 grant applications to find the two that they're going to fund. They want somebody to go through the 150 and say, these are the 10 that are worth looking at. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, these are interesting. Tell me more about these five. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? (laughs) You said we were going to go off. I don't think this is going off, though. No, it's not. Everything is on topic for purpose. Because you, while you were telling that story, I remembered something that happened to me. I used to imagine being a philanthropist. And so one time, you know, quite a while ago, I came into a huge pot of money. And the first thing I thought of was, I can give it away. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the first thing I thought of was, whoa, I can give this away. And I didn't you know, form a corporation and all that kind of business that you, you're you supposed to do, intelligently mm-hmm. handling it. I gave it to where I wanted to give it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I regret it doing it. I, I don't regret the place that it went, but the way that it went. Mm. Because more intelligently done, it could have gone further. Right. You know, so while you were saying that, I was thinking, yeah, there's an intelligent way to handle these gifts that you get, whether you're born with them or they come to you as you yeah. go through life. Yeah. And, um, you know, people think that if they, oh, if I hit the lotto, lotto jackpot, you know, I get the mega millions, it's going to solve all my problems. And it doesn't. I mean, it solves all the problems that you had up until then and creates a whole new set of problems. So <laughs> we don't understand that, you know, it's always something. Uh, and having a ton of money is uh, more entertaining than struggling. Uh, I will freely admit that. And it's also, uh, when it's a lot of money, it's a big responsibility. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there are, I, I have friends who have made a lot of money and other friends who have become famous. And it's hard to tell who your friends are. Are they friends because they like you? Are they friends because they want to get close to your, to your fame and your, your, your greatness? Or because they want to get close to your money or they want something from you? And uh, it makes things that are otherwise really simple. You know, when it's just a couple of people with no money hanging out, they're hanging out because they want to hang out together. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when there's somebody has an agenda, then it changes. And it's not like saying, oh, poor, poor rich people, those poor famous people. <laughs> it's not. It's just everybody's got a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that relate to purpose? I think it's, it's as the purpose manifests, yeah. however it does, then the, the job, so to speak, is to handle it. Um, intelligently, you know? Um, yeah. Well, there are currently 8 billion or so people on planet Earth, and that's, you know, current timeline. And then there's a bunch of people who have been here, who aren't here anymore, and some more who are on the way who haven't shown up yet. But 8 billion is a lot of people. And they're very much like fingerprints because fingers all look generally the same, but fingerprints are all unique the swirls and dips and curves and turns and everything else, they're, they're all different. And so are the gifts and abilities and perspectives that each of the 8 billion people here have. We all look at the world from a slightly different perspective, and we all have different resources that are available. You know, there are you able to uh, play the p- keyboard or the piano by ear and get it to come out sounding like a song, which is a nice skill or talent. Um, and um, corresponding inability or real struggle to read music. Mm-hmm. And that leaves you in the position of saying, if I want to pursue this as something that's serious in my life, there's a big thing that I have to deal with. So there's something for me to surmount or to overcome. Now, you still have a love of music and a familiarity with it because you can hear it and you can play it and you can you can you can get in the groove with the music. So that's more likely your gift or a big part of your great gift is to be able to understand music without necessarily being a musician who's going to like get a chart and play for somebody else. So that unique combination that you have, it's finding out what your gifts are and how you can share them. That's the process. Yeah, it, it's, it is because I remember I had music teachers a lot. And, you know, back in those days, like nobody was, improvisation belonged to jazz. Mm -hmm. Music teachers went straight by the book. And they would tell my mother and I that she will never be able to play because if she goes into a church or someplace else and they hand her music, she'll never be able to play it. Mm -hmm. And I would say, well, just let me hear it one time and I'll get it. And they say, you know, but that's not going to be good because they never, you know, that might not be the case. So there's, to me, I think there's all kind of hindrances to Mm -hmm. to things. And uh, I understand that. And that's not a tale of woe. That's just how it is. And I know a lot of other people have experienced that as well. But I think being locked in or tuned in to what is in you and what makes your heart sing and just going with that um, and following that divine flow will take you to the purpose, I, I would imagine, of that gift. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm saying I imagine because I didn't go that way. You know, right. I, I, I didn't. Um, and, and there are times when I think if I have a chance to come back and I have a choice, would I choose that? And I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> what I would choose. But, you know, it. I think that I might have done things a bit differently. But, you know, okay. yeah. 
and you know, there's a path that we're on and we get to take each step on the path and do whatever it is brought to our awareness is ours to do. And a lot of times there are distractions and there are bright, shiny objects that are pulling us in one direction or another. They're the things that we want to do uh, that we're not very good at, but we, you know, we, for whatever reason, we idolize the people who are doing that, or we have made an ideal out of um, the, the, the sorts of people who are accomplishing those sorts of things. And the two words that come to mind that are really important to watch for are effort and struggle. Mm-hmm. Because when God gives us this combination of skills and abilities and gifts, and God is empowering us to, to bring something new and wonderful into the world, if it feels like a struggle, if it feels like effort, then that's not it. Mm. Yes, There is a way to dispense with the effort and make it effortless. And there's a way to dispense with the struggle to make it easy and graceful. And not easy that it's not going to take any time or it's not going to be something magnificent or it's not going to be a project. Just we don't have to struggle with it and 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 be all bent out of shape by it. Um, so those are the things to, to look for as we're putting together what is the next combination of gifts and skills and talents that I have. That said, it might not just be one thing. You know, here's Reverend Dr. Bill over here. 60-something years into the program, I did not start out on a spiritual path mm-hmm. to uh, and in my awareness. You know, I was a zany uh, morning radio show personality, and my job was to make fun of people, slash and burn humor, and things that were completely inappropriate to say on the radio. And that was my job, is to find a way to say them, and then duck out of the way before I got in trouble. And that was great fun. And I've had uh, eight or ten different careers since then, and all of them have, it turns out, built on the talents and the abilities and the skills that I have from previously. I mean, just earlier in this conversation, we were talking about uh, philanthropists and grants. Now, I spoke as though I knew something about that, having never gotten a grant and actually having never given the money for a grant. But some number of years back, I went to work for a software company and I found a company that did online contests. Like, oh, that's how we got connected together. And so I started working for them. And online contests was half of what they were doing. The, the, the main portion of what they were doing was scholarship and grant applications mm-hmm. and foundations, fellowships, and stuff like that. And I moved into that side of the business and got to work with a whole bunch of philanthropic organizations and learned not just how their grant application and review and award process works, but how the organizations work themselves. Because mm-hmm. I'm talking to these executive directors and grant managers, and here's the challenge that they have in their job. So through no fault of my own, <laughs> I now know something about that. <laughs> and I'm able to use that to expand my understanding of the way the pieces fit together in the world. So that when somebody is talking about a grant or uh, becoming a philanthropist, I can speak a, a, about it w- with a little bit of information and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, and I like the part where you said it's not just one thing. You know, there's, I think that we have experiences that may point to many different purposes or, you know, or, or areas of genius in, in your life. I like that. Areas of genius. Yeah. And it it's made, I don't want to say it's whatever one you want, but it's one that flows easily. 
and effortlessly, you know. Um, I come from a background that if it's easy, it's not right. You know, <laughs> you got to struggle and I'll just leave it at that for now. But <laughs> I, I have learned having crossed the street that that is not true. Um, there's there's a lot. Let's say you have four gifts, three gifts, you know, and well, one is not as easy as the rest or whatever. I mean, what I do with music, I do. Mm-hmm. My name is never going to be on a billboard. I'm never going to play in church, you know, but that's cool. I, you know, just, but what I, the way that I use it is miraculous to me. So mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Um, there's other things in my life that I find wonderfully easy and I can use music with it mm-hmm. and uh, use things like, you know, just a poetic endeavor. Um, with it, and it comes out musically uh, yeah. in in a lot of ways. Even without notes, it can be melodic in may, in many ways. So I think that's the gift that God gives, and you find a space where you can flow, and other people benefit from that. Um, I I think that's a built in thing with a gift. Somebody's going to benefit, right? You know now. Right. It, the benefit for me didn't come with the folks across the street. <laughs> I had to go a different way. But, yeah. you know. You had to find you, your own path. You have to find it. And that's cool. That, isn't that part of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's part of it. And we're going to take a break. Um, and the thought that I'm going to leave us with as we go into the break is that there are some people who sing beautifully. And they are just a delight to listen to. And there are other people who love to sing who are not pleasant to listen to. And the goal of the person who's singing is to understand how it lands on other people. Because if they insist on going and performing, then it's going to be miserable all the way around. And they still have a gift. To be continued. Yeah, I can't wait for this one. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at bethelight.com. That's b-the-light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at bethelight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. We're talking about about purpose and the process of finding our purpose and kidding ourselves when we think that we have a purpose that's not really our purpose. Mm. So, you know, there's if 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 there's somebody who's like loves the idea of being a surgeon 
and they're really not good at it, regardless of how much they love it, they should probably not be a surgeon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there might be a different way for them to use some of the same skills. And I don't know what they are. And I don't know what the combination, what, what, what the drive is to, to do that sort of work. But if they're actually not helping people who they're performing their surgery on, then they're not a surgeon, they're a butcher. <laughs> <laughs> what a vivid example. Yeah. I mean, that's, that makes it really clear, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, because I was talking about the people who love to sing who can't carry a tune uh, if you give them a suitcase. And, you know, they're having a great time, and that's wonderful. And don't get up in front of a group to sing because it's not going to be nearly as entertaining for the group as you would have hoped. And in turn, not nearly as entertaining for the person doing the singing as they had hoped. That's just the way it works. Yeah. That's an episode by itself. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I have some sympathy or empathy for everybody, any, you know, in this day and age, because you, you have so much access to everything. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can be a singer and be, you know, you can go on online and just have your own TV show and, you know, just think you're knocking it out of the park. And so it's so easy now to, to do anything that you would like, but not necessarily that which you came here to do. So isn't it, you know, isn't it fair to kind of sympathize with all of the, the peer pressure and so forth to be, to have the most glamorous gift? Well, we say it's the most glamorous gift, but maybe it's not your gift. Right. And, and the, what you made me think of is that if we are pursuing something, trying to make it in an area that's not in, in our lane, um, we're distracting ourselves from the good that we could be doing. You know, it's possible that the person who wanted to be a surgeon who's no good at surgery, maybe they'd be a great internal medicine doctor, maybe they'd be an, an awesome diagnostician, or maybe um, they should run a steakhouse if they just like the cutting parts of it, you know? <laughs> you know, there's, there's the possibility of finding out what is your gift and where's that going to land and how's that going to resonate? Um, you know, we were talking about singing. Uh, there was an invention some number of years back called Auto-Tune. And you can set up an Auto-Tune and it's, it's software. And it will take whatever the sound input is and it will bring it into the appropriate key so that it's so that it sounds exactly the way that, that you would want it to sound, which means that people who can't sing can sing. And that's pretty awesome. And what that means is that people who can't sing can spend a lot of time sounding like they can sing as long as they can sing through an auto-tune, even though if they have to go to a kid's birthday party, it's still not going to work. Yeah. So yeah. are you kidding yourself? Are you doing that for fun? Are you using the software in a way that's enriching and enhancing life, or is it something that's going to be diminishing? And that, uh, how do you how do you work with that? You know, as I mentioned in the example about peer pressure and you know everything that's available to us to make us believe that we can do whatever it is that we want to do then we start believing our own press 
<laughs> yeah. And you know, you know, the whole reality gets lost. How do you, you know, how do you work with that? It's it's like you know, in 1 Corinthians, this 1 Corinthians 12, it lists a lot of gifts. Mm-hmm. And um they they sound pretty boring to me, really. <laughs> they just quite frankly sound boring. Uh, but the but, but Are you in, judging the gifts in 1 Corinthians? No, 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 no. I'm just saying the way it is because you know, I'm a big believer in you, you the the Bible are the cliff notes. You got to sit down and really, you know, dig in. And so when you look at 1 Corinthians, the list looks boring, uh, unless you're like a, a fundamentalist Christian. Um, I hope that's not bad. I didn't mean it to sound bad. It's just the way you look at Scripture, I should say. But, <laughs> and, and the interpretation of those gifts can be quite exciting if you just stop and dissect each one and see how that might express itself itself other than the way it's put on the page. Um, That helps to me to find value and beauty in all the different gifts and not just, you know, who's going to be the lead singer Mm -hmm. on stage. Okay, the lead singer was born, they're a lead singer, you know, not just the voice, but personality, the it factor, if you want to, you know, use that, that's fine. You may sing wonderfully, but you don't have the it factor. Mm-hmm. So you look at the gift itself and see where there are other places that it can shine and manifest in a magnificent way. But you have to know that that's possible. And that's, mm. that's what I'm saying is kind of maybe missing with all the splash and the, you know, ability to be anything you want to be, the other, not lesser, but the other supportive and equally wonderful ways to express aren't brought out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back and I'm going to try and, um, like, uh, unwind what you said that seemed like it was dissing the fundamentalists. And... I'm sorry. I really didn't mean to be that. Do no, that. I know that I you used to I be did, one. So I know, and I understand that you didn't mean to do that. And that's 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 what I'm gonna gonna address is that when when we're fundamentalist in anything, and a, a fundamentalist who's reading First Corinthians is going to be able to read that from their fundamentalist belief. In which case, all you need to do is read the words and say that's what it means. Mm-hmm. And for anybody else, you can read the words and say, oh, well, fundamentals believe that, but that seems boring to me. Or what you're pointing out is look beneath the surface. Don't just look at what's you know superficially written down on the page there. What does that mean? What did that mean in context? What did that mean at the time? What could that mean for me? And that's a big part of the spiritual practice of, uh, of purpose. And as you say, purpose is a process, as we're talking about today, is surrender. If I have, if we'll take you as an example, you have this ability to play the keyboard, play the piano by ear. That's great. That's wonderful. So maybe I could be a musician. And then maybe not. Maybe there's something else that I get to be. So instead of grabbing onto that, I get to surrender it, mm-hmm. let go of it, and see what comes back again. You know, I sometimes say that, you know, we are guided by that still small voice of the infinite. You know, God will suggest to us that which is ours to do. And we get quiet and meditate and open to that guidance, and we can hear that still small voice making a suggestion to us. And sometimes 
our ego self, the one that wants to be the lead singer, the one that wants to, to, to run the rock band, the one that wants to be a television director or a superstar of some variety, our ego will do an impersonation of that still small voice and tell us, be a rock star, mm. be a singer. Yeah. And that's where, when you get that, you say, oh, that's interesting, and let it go. Surrender it and let it go, because if it's the infinite, it'll speak up again. And mm -hmm. if it's your ego, it'll come back with something else. That you, oh, well, maybe you're not going to be a, a, maybe, maybe not a musician, maybe a ballerina. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what? The ego, and I'm thinking, can be a little bit nastier than that, you know? Oh, the ego can, back. Be, can, can be devious. And there's nothing wrong with the ego. The ego helps us understand who we are. And once we understand what our gifts and skills and talents are, uh, is, is that which lets us actualize those gifts and bring something into the world. Uh, it's also can be involved in deluding us. That's why we can't do this thing alone. You know, mm -hmm. we need some bodies, I think, not just one somebody, but, to, you know, to keep us on track and on the road to realism and maybe the person's or whatever you take turns, you know, maybe it's my turn this time to pull you in and next time it's you, but definitely not to go through this alone um, because the ego can play tricks and convince, <laughs> you know, if you, oh. if you, and I know you've heard people say, I don't know whether this is God speaking to me or not. Well, first of all, you got to ask yourself, what is it you want to hear? Right. You know, what what you want to hear. Now, that sometimes is going to tell you who's talking. Mm -hmm. And as I sometimes say, if, if, if I'm hearing that still small voice of God and it's telling me this is my calling, let it go through the voicemail. Mm. Okay. Don't, don't, don't take the call because if it's, if it's the divine, if it's our true purpose, it'll call back. Yes. Absolutely. It'll call back. You know, and it's an infinite universe. We're, we're not going to miss the opportunity to nearly the extent that if we go down the wrong path, spending a lot of time and energy and effort, and especially effort, in something that's not going to be productive and that, that's not in alignment with the truth of what we are. Mm -hmm. Let's take another break. And when we continue, we're going to do a prayer to tie all of this purpose and process stuff together. And it's going to be on effortlessness. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com.
Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. You've been having a wonderful conversation. Purpose is a process. We do not get put here on earth with a clear understanding of this is our purpose, like a sunflower seed that has been planted and is going to grow to its expectations as an eight or 12 foot tall sunflower. And that's all it's going to be. There's a little bit more mystery involved for us mm-hmm. as to what is our purpose and discerning, divining, and understanding what is our purpose. Uh, fortunately, we're not in this alone. So the prayer today is about understanding what our purpose is to engage in the process of partnering with the infinite to understand what that purpose in life could be. And the key to it is effortlessness. The divine is an infinite creative power that does not need to struggle with anything. And if we're doing what we think is our purpose and we're struggling and we're efforting and it's taken a lot of work and a lot of toil and it's taken something out of us, then that's not our purpose. Might be close, but that's not it. There's something missing. Because that infinite creative power that creates everything can create success as us without us feeling like we're struggling or pushing, uh, continuously pushing a rock up the hill. So let's do that prayer on effortless understanding of our perfect purpose and insight as to what is ours and also the ability to turn away from what's not ours. So let's turn away from the world around us and open the awareness of that infinite creative power, that divine love, that one source that shares itself as and in and through all of its creation. Everything is that divine love expressed in its own way. That one infinite intelligence that knows everything is sharing itself as all of its creation. That divine power is sharing its power as everything that exists everywhere. And when I say everything, I don't mean everything except the three feet around me or any of us. I mean everything. We are each individualizations of that one infinite creative presence, that one divine intelligence. So knowing that we are one with this infinite power, with this limitless intelligence, with this divine love, I know that in our own way, for each of us, love is unfolding. That divine is revealing itself in a fresh and new and powerful way for us and through us and as us. That perfect purpose for our lives, that perfect combination of the way that our gifts and skills and talents can be put to use to bring something new into the world is now being made clear for each of us in our own way. We're each joyously releasing the ideas that we have to struggle or we have to do things the way somebody else told us that we had to do them or that we have to completely let go of everything that's come up until now. But that guidance is available to take that next perfect step to embark upon an even richer, more joyous, more wonderful segment of this journey. This newness, this freshness, this love is at hand. And perhaps it's just a nudge to continue going in a direction we are already going. Perhaps it's a sign of a slight shift that we can make that brings more of that love, more of that richness, more of that success into life. And perhaps it's something completely new and different. The path is being revealed, the tea leaves are being arranged, the understanding is being had of that next wonderful new experience and the perfect way that each of us in our own way can engage in that creative process to bring that newness into our lives and into the world around us. There's no struggle required. 
This is all unfolding now in effortless grace. Joy and harmony and peace and uplift, prosperity, harmony, love, contentment, success, vibrant good health, and joy. Unfolding in its own way for each of us. And it's all different. It's the same thing happening in different ways for everyone. That goodness is happening now. I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the wonderful stories that we get to tell about the insight, the, oh, the nudge to go in a slightly different direction or to do something completely new. And the wonderful steps, easier than we thought they were going to be, faster in coming to fruition than we could ever have expected, and more and more and more of what we call joy unfolding in our lives. I'm grateful for all of this good and the way it's showing up for each of us and for all of us. And so with a deep feeling of thanks for all of this good that's already on the way, I speak this word and release it into that creative law, the one that creates everything. And I know that it is already creating this. It's underway now. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.